Hey everyone, this is Andrew. Um, normally we try to keep things clean. We try not to swear too much. We try to make it kid friendly because of all you people out there listening with your kids, I guess. Uh, this week, because of the book that we read and because of the way that we feel about the book that we read, there is going to be some swearing and there is going to be some discussion of graphic sexual acts. <laughs> Would you say that's accurate? I would say that's accurate. Okay. Um, just everybody strap yourselves in, um, pick a good safe word, and we'll, we'll, we'll see you in a second. Here's a confusing thing. I got a call from my landlord this morning at like 10 o'clock. And apparently they need to do some work on the house next door to us. Which involves, you know, getting up on a ladder or something or other. This guy's it's not work f- if you're not on a ladder. It, that's that's <laughs> what I've heard. <laughs> and she woke me up uh, to see if I would let the dude with the 40-foot ladder drag it through my house so that he could uh get it into the backyard area um because he needed a straight shot and the like south philly trash alley behind our house uh (laughs) was 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 locked or something which is kind of bad because that's sort of a fire exit all things considered (laughs) so i'm gonna need to take a look at that um but then when i went out there he he never showed up and I just watched him drag it over a fence and then got it to where he needed it to be. So there are some dudes uh, outside my house banging on walls, um, which is weird because I think there are also people moving into that house today. <laughs> I saw a moving truck. So they're just they're getting in right under the right under the line here. Yeah. the we- You know, the weather's been really bad and. Um, I think they're they're trying to get it done before we get this next batch of really terrible weather uh, here on the East Coast. Uh, well, welcome to Overdue. This is a podcast about the books that you've been meaning to read, whether you like it or not. Uh, my name is Craig. And my name is Andrew. And did you know, Craig, did you know that it was our 50th episode this week? Did you know? <laughs> I knew. I think I knew, probably because you told me. Yeah, because we've been planning this for a while. We've been planning this one for a little while. We have a special, special idea uh, for this episode, which you already know if you are listening to it because it's titled as such. Maybe they don't, maybe they're just not paying attention. Maybe, yeah. Maybe someone is playing this on a radio station and they have no idea what's going on. Anyway, so because this is our 50th show, both Craig and I read... Fifty Shades of Grey by E.L. James, because they both have 50. Get it? Oh, I didn't know that. that that's why we did that. Like Fifty Shades of Grey, 50 that's, episodes. That's clever, Andrew. Yeah, right? Did you think of that yourself? I, I did. You didn't Actually, ask for no, any help? I, somebody on the internet clued me into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone, we've been getting this as a as a kind of goof suggestion for a while, right? I Have think when we, we started the show, people were like, you guys got to read Fifty yeah, Shades of Grey. People, people are always like, oh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, you should read Twilight. Oh, you should read The Da Vinci Code, which I did do, actually. 
Yeah, you did do that. Um, anyway, my point is Fifty Shades of Grey is by far my least favorite. <laughs> it's my new least favorite book that I've read for this podcast. So for before, so many reasons. Before we get into the book itself, what did you know about the book before you read it? What did you think it was? Well, my understanding, and I don't want to insult anybody. Not okay. I don't want to insult anyone who's read this unironically, and I don't want to. In- yeah. Um, the short version is that it was like porn for moms. <laughs> Mommy porn. That's yeah. what I heard. Mommy porn. I did not. I did not know the extent of the mommy porn. I think I knew that it was about S and M. I did I know. Uh, yeah, it was. I I believe I knew it was about bondage, and I think I knew that it was mostly popular among the older ladies. I don't. Not even older ladies. Just like <laughs> the Golden Girls. Yeah, sitting around having a Fifty Shades book club. Yeah. I don't. I think I thought it was about a woman in her thirties or forties. I see. I didn't know anything about who was in it or who was doing what to who. But now I do. Now you do. I wish I could go back to before. So Andrew, I was happy before. <laughs> I think Andrew and I's minds have been rightly blown by this book. All um, kinds of stuff got blown. <laughs> So we forgive, uh, please forgive us if, if the episode is a little scattershot. Uh, we should probably talk about the book's origins first, right? Yeah, and I think you know a little bit more about this I mean, than e- I do. E. And e. it's James, kind of passed into urban legend at this point, right? Yeah, it's mythic. It's a little mythic. Um, E.L. <laughs> e. James is a pseudonym for a woman named Erica something. She Erica Leonard, I think. Good job. She is a uh, she's a former like TV producer who got into writing Twilight fan fiction on the internet. What was her pen name? Oh God, I don't even want to say it out loud. I'll it, say it out loud if you don't. You want to. say it out. Loud. Her pen name was Snow Queen's Ice Dragon. How is your pen name <laughs> included apost like a possessive apostrophe? It's not even. Well, I mean, in Wikipedia, it's formatted without the apostrophe. Just, really? Yeah, just Snow Queen's Ice Dragon. That's dumb. But I, I mean, I could be, I could be wrong. It might just be her username and whatever forum she was writing this on didn't allow apostrophes in in usernames. Well, I don't know. I think when you're coming up with your Twilight pen name, that's like a, it's like your uh, porn name. Like, what do you, you pick? Like your favorite magic card and your and then, least like, the favorite. Street you grew up on. And yeah. Something. Yeah, so she grew up on Snow Queen Lane, and she likes ice dragons. <laughs> That's how it works. Um, right. So, so this book originated as as what then? It's it was called Master of the Universe, which sounds like He Man fan fiction, to be honest. It may, I mean, maybe it it took many forms before <laughs> arriving in its its current incarnation. She was publishing it kind of episodically on a bunch of. <laughs> like a whole bunch of fan fiction websites apparently uh and then the story that i heard is that um people were a little upset about how sexual it was 
concern it, considering that it was using characters from the Twilight world, which is all about not sex. It's just, okay. just about thinking about. Oh, <laughs> it's just about. I wish we could be having sex. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I haven't read um, Twilight. I don't know if that's accurate. But. Well, there, I I haven't read it either, but I know that it's there's abstinence is is uh, part of the book. Um, so she took it down and then published it again, uh, as Fifty Shades. Um, it got picked up as a uh, as an ebook and a print on demand book by the Writers Coffee Shop, which is based in Australia. Um, and then after she published the other two books, uh, Vintage picked it up to run it as an actual sell it in stores, put it in libraries kind of book. Good. Um, and I know that when it came out, there was actually a lot of speculation on whether or not. Stephanie Meyer, who wrote the Twilight series, would attempt to uh, seek some sort of recompense for the book, considering that it started as fan fiction and is pretty much identical in various passages to the original fan fiction. Okay, uh, but nothing. I don't think anything ever came of that. I yeah, I mean, heard about that I, I guess now. I'd have to read Twilight to say for sure, but. That book is about like vampires and werewolves and and stuff, and and this book isn't. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, like I, I don't know the extent to which she changed stuff, or if she just did like a control F and like found and replaced all all mentions of like Bella and Jacob and whoever, and and made them into her characters' names. But well, she didn't. She didn't copy like uh, anything directly from twilight as much as she wrote about those characters okay so and so, then yeah she probably wouldn't have a legal leg to stand on anyway if if she wasn't actually pub- yeah. like republishing passages of the actual books yeah probably i mean fan fiction's weird we we need to get to the book proper but i don't know that i've read any extensive extensive fan fiction in a long time i think i wrote fan fiction once when i was younger I think it's something like that games. a lot of people, and again, like, it's going to be really easy to hate this book and to make fun of the people who would read it or the person who wrote it or whatever. Like, we, we try, try really hard not to, to make this into a hate fest. But, um, but yeah, I think writing fan fiction is something that most people outgrow. I, I don't think it's a thing that a lot of grown people still do. I know. Knows that's necessarily true. Okay. I think I think it's it is remarkable that this crossed into the mainstream. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. That because well, I think if you if you take if there's a Venn diagram and one circle is fan fiction and one circle is like good writing that is fit for consumption by the general public, those circles don't touch very much. <laughs> No, they're not allowed to. They signed contracts that said they weren't allowed to touch. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird thing, but I don't know that the book would have caught on had it not had an extensive life as fan fiction first, because I think yeah. there were people who were predisposed to it and then like followed. It's one of those the... things where it became like an ebook, and then a small group of people made it popular enough to get into the charts, and then once it was in the charts, other people started to find it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um, and there's then there's the whole like people were reading it on trains because they had Kindles, and nobody had to admit how sexy the book they were oh, reading was. Man, that's so cool. Which I totally did. I totally read this on a Kindle on the train. I, I just so read weird. it. I just 
I read it in bed at night before yeah. I went before I went to sleep. All right, let's get into the book proper, Andrew. Tell me, give me a quick rundown of the plot of Fifty Shades, if you can. All right, so there's this uh, nubile young woman named I don't know, I I pronounce it Anastasia because I thought it was Anastasia because I thought it was I always like, say exotic. Anastasia because Anastasia the, the DreamWorks movie Anastasia. Oh uh, yeah, I could see that, but. Well, but let's Anastasia. go with Anastasia because I think that it right. is less goofy to say. <laughs> There's this uh, like 22-year-old uh, college near graduate named Anastasia Steele. And she lives with her roommate, uh, Kate. Catherine Kavanaugh is her name. Wait, wait, say that again. <laughs> Catherine Kavanaugh. Okay. Uh-huh. And Kate is sick, and and so Anna has to go and interview this rich and powerful CEO of a company for the school newspaper, which okay. is yes. super contrived and stupid. Yeah, but so, he's gonna give the he's gonna give the commencement address, Andrew. Yeah, he is because he's like a benefactor of their of their school or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. And so she goes to interview him, and she's like asking the questions that kate made up and embarrassing herself and there's some weird energy between them and she's so flustered because he's so handsome and so off-putting and so christian gray who's i don't know did i mention his name no (laughs) all right the ceo his name is christian gray and he starts like kind of stalking her around because he's attracted to her uh-huh and then they start hanging out and then they start having sex and then it comes to light that he's into really he's into like bondage stuff. no he tells her that first oh does he tell her that first he's like hey listen i'm into bondage shit let's do it let's sim- <laughs> let's cuss uh, yeah, we're kind of kind of hearts are broken. <laughs> we're we're into this thing now. All right, and then when she he gets all flustered when she tells him that she's a virgin. Yeah, because of and course she's a virgin. And there's a great chapter of course break. She is where he's just like, "Why the fuck didn't you tell me?" Chapter break. <laughs> <laughs> and so then he has sex with her normal style, vanilla, 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 vanilla sex. sex. I've never had vanilla sex before, Anastasia. Mm-hmm. And so they have sex a few times, and then he's like, think about it. Think about my contract. Yeah, because he gives her the sex contract with all these, like, <laughs> terms and, like, and like things that she has to do because she's going to be the submissive in their, in their relationship, and he's going to be the dominant. Uh-huh. And, mm-hmm. yeah, so he, he wants to have a say over what she eats and how often she exercises and what she wears, and he keeps buying all this stuff for her. And... um and so she gets really stressed out about this contract and i don't i don't even know like how do i even peel this onion <laughs> well lo- i mean do you want to do you want a long story short it do you want to i mean the long story short is anna wants more from christian she wants like a relationship from him and he has only ever had these like dominant submissive relationships like his first one was when he was like 15 with this family friend who they refer to throughout the book as Mrs. Robinson, mostly oh because I assume that it was easier 
to jokingly call her Mrs. Robinson than it was to come up with an actual character. <laughs> she, yeah, she does have a name. I but think you it, never see her and yeah. like you never find anything out about her other than the fact that when Christian was 15, she fucked him a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. Feels good to curse on the podcast, it does. doesn't just it? Just letting loose. Yeah. So like she's she's not really into the dominant submissive thing. He's not really into the relationship thing. They try to meet in the middle and are actually kind of successful-ish, like through uh-huh. the bulk of the book. Mm-hmm. And then in like the last ten pages, she's like, "Okay, show me how bad this shit gets. Like, 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 whip me with a belt as hard <laughs> as you can, and we'll just see what happens." And then he does it, and she's like, "Oh my god, this is such a mistake." Bye, and she leaves. Now, okay, yeah, jump. Okay. That's the long story short. I've never been whipped by a belt, okay? I've never been whipped by a belt either. I mean, my parents did spank, but hands only. Okay. And also, so I when don't... I knew one was coming, I would switch into jeans because <laughs> I knew it was serve as a shock absorber. This did not happen all the time. I realized okay. that maybe out I don't, of context, it sounds I don't pretty bad. Know, I don't know how much that hurts. But after all this, like, they do some some weird stuff. What's some of the stuff that they do, Craig? Well, hold on. Well, can I double back real quick? Okay. After some of the weird stuff they do, I don't understand how that ends the book. I don't understand how... Yeah, just... well, like, why is that the bridge too far? Yeah, it, it feels weird. Because here's some of the things. Some of the things. He shoves balls in her vagina. It's not like... <laughs> Like steel balls, not like balls. Yeah. And, <laughs> like and big I'm, steel marbles. Let's, okay. He's playing for keeps. <laughs> he is playing for keeps. Let's, all right. Let's try to, let's try to be good people. They're, th- this is probably fun. There, well, there are people, people are into all kinds of stuff and that's fine. But this yes. is not something that either Craig or myself that I know of have any experience with at all. And so there is that. There is that impulse to kind of laugh, but I, it, it comes mostly from a position of being kind of nervous and uncomfortable about it than like mocking. So. Yes, yes, I agree. I, I wholeheartedly endorse that statement. He puts balls in her vagina. He, what's the other thing that he does? He makes her go get him a glass of water while they're in there. That's Yeah, weird. and so she walks around and apparently the sensation of the balls in there while you walk is like good good yeah we got we went from just summing up the book to talking about ball vaginas really well, because like this is the point of the book like these and and we have so many problems with them it's gonna be so hard to hit everything i know it's like every time these two characters are together they have sex like three times two or three times so here's and and like in between that, sometimes you can get a little bit of character development sometimes, but really the sex stuff is the point of the book. You're yeah, not reading I, it because you care about anybody. You're not reading it because yeah. the prose is any good. Oh God, we'll get to that. It's just about the sex. And I don't, having not read a lot of sexy novels, I don't I've know. What? I've read one. This one? No, no, no. I've read one other than this one. It was called okay. Heart of a Warrior. <laughs> There's a picture of like a muscly 
muscly yeah. looking Hercules type guy on the cover. Uh huh. Um. Anyway, go go on with. <laughs> I I can't compare the quality of the sex prose to anything else. Like I don't know. I learned. Um. I learned the word still in this read. Okay. It's a verb that stands in for ejaculates. Okay. Um, it's like he stops moving for a hot second while he, you know, ejaculates. He, he stills. Still. Oh, he stills. Um, I also don't know that I'd ever heard the word length as a noun that meant penis. Okay. Now, I have heard that one. I don't like length as a noun that means penis, and I don't like sex as a noun that means vagina, which yeah. also is in this book. I don't I guess I'm I guess I've heard that one before so I'm not I'm not as bothered by it. Also like you got to get past how often they're going to say organ and member. Yeah, like that's yeah, just going to happen. That. Yeah, I mean it's it's the thing about the sex scenes in this book is when they're not actually trying something new, like when they're not actually trying some new bondage thing that he's trying to get her into. They all read pretty much the same. And That's so by true. the by the end, I was actually kind of skimming the sex passages because I knew it was just gonna be, okay, his penis is in there. Okay, now <laughs> she's gonna now she's ramping up to an orgasm. Okay, now she's had an orgasm. Okay, then he finishes. He said he'll usually say, like, oh fuck, Anna. And that's it. Like, that's the thing. Am I am I wrong though? Like, am I <laughs> Misrepresenting no. anything. I mean, you kind of glossed over the part where about three times every time she has sex, she talks about her inner goddess. Yeah, that's or talks true. about I mean, her I, stomach. I wanted to bring that up. Bring that up a little later. It's, I guess that okay. That can be checkpoint the first for for weird stuff in the prose. Is it's really like for a book that is about really rough sex, it's also really puritanical about it. Yes. Sometimes, like a lot of the time when she's getting aroused, she'll talk about. How she feels something deep down there or deep down in her belly. And like... Well, I, I have a hard time like totally knocking that because whether or not it's good as a story, the fact that she's never had sex before does kind of at least she's a stranger in a strange land, right? I guess. Yeah. And it's it's implied that she is not really done much exploring of her own sexuality either which i i find there are a lot of things about anna Steele that i find really weird about a you know i find them really unbelievable in a 22 year old and i think it really gives away that it's actually a 45 year old who's writing this yeah can we talk about how she's a luddite for no yeah, reason like she doesn't have a computer she says she doesn't need one she calls like christian gives her a macbook and she calls it the mean machine. <laughs> Hold on. I want to go to the, uh, I want to find the spot where she gets the MacBook. Because there's a couple good quotes. So I on. do. I, I highlighted some of them here. Let me, let me find them. So one of, um, one of Christian's many minions, like, drops off this MacBook for her. And the reason he's, he's doing it is so that she can look up sexy stuff about their contract and know what it actually means right yeah um but then this guy's there and he's like oh it's the it's the hot new thing it's you know it's not even in stores 
And Which Apple does not do that. Like, no, that's not real. <laughs> and this guy's like, it's got the latest OS and a full suite of programs, plus a 1.5 terabyte hard drive, so you'll have plenty of room. 32 gigs of RAM. What are you planning to use it for? And Anna says, uh, email. And the guy goes, email. <laughs> he chokes, raising his eyebrows with a slightly sick look on his face. And maybe inter- internet research, I shrug apologetically. And then later he's he's like he tells her about her me account, just like oddly Apple specific. And she's like, what's that? And he goes, your new email address. And then there's just something in Anna's head where she goes, I have an email address. <laughs> it's like you go to How school in 2011. 22? You have an email address. Oh, God. <laughs> you want to talk about the Blackberry real quick? I just okay. This book is taking place in 2011, and we know that because of the timestamps on these emails. And yet, the only smartphone that anybody uses or has heard of is a BlackBerry. That is correct. And the other thing that really bothers me about all the emails they send is that nobody just hits reply. <laughs> like you don't get email subjects that are like re anything. Like they're always changing the subjects of their email to be like catty and contextually appropriate yeah that's true i i wonder if the whole email passage you know in the book it's kind of the way that anna can talk to him without getting distracted you know yeah like whenever they're actually in each other's presence it just goes right to sex and so to have any real conversation with them it needs to happen over email and and he legitimately expresses some frustration with that right um, and I think that's actually a like a modern. There, then there's also the segments where it's like she hasn't emailed me. He hasn't he hasn't texted me all day. You and said that's... you would text me. Why didn't I expect <laughs> you to text me when you say you're gonna text me? Well, and unfortunately, that is probably a thing that a lot of people deal with. Um, I wonder if the whole email section was kind of not only just born out of the plot, but like sort of a throwback to letter writing in older romantic novels. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's definitely a way. It's like pretty much the only way that they can make the story keep moving or like the characters keep developing to the limited extent that they do without just having them be in the same room the whole time. Yes. Like yes, it yes, keeps yes. them talking even when they're not physically in the same place. Yeah. Um though it's really like since he's such a rich playboy billionaire, it the book cheats a lot i think because they email but whenever whenever she actually wants him to be there like whether she's in seattle where they live or whether she's gone back home to georgia he can just like show up in 20 minutes like he has a jetpack or something like well he owns a jet he owns a helicopter named charlie tango okay um i think some of that is probably leftover vampire stuff. Like, there's certain things about him that I think is just leftover from when he was a vampire. How he can have <laughs> sex infinitely. He does, yeah, he does have infinite sex capability. <laughs> He's like, that's that's unreal. <laughs> maybe we're just not good enough at it. Like, maybe, maybe. Maybe that's on us. <laughs> maybe if we'd been, you know, doing bonded stuff since we were 15, we'd have... Crazy amounts of stamina. Infinite sex cheat turned on. Well, he's also like a concert level pianist. He's a pilot, and he's working on Hunger in Darfur. Yes, and he's like like twenty seven or twenty eight. Yeah, I think he. 
he's a vampire. Let's just be honest. He's just a vampire CEO. <laughs> vampire boss. My va- my Fifty Shades fan fiction, Vampire Boss. <laughs> vampire Boss. This this spring on TLC. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit more about anything uh, regarding Anna or the pros that kind of bothered you before we talk about maybe what made us uncomfortable? Just that much like Twilight's Bella, I think that Anna is an uninteresting blank slate with very few of her own motivations except to, to want to be loved by a man. Mm. Like you don't really... She... She's on like a job interview in one sequence. Like there's an implication that she likes reading books. Yes. But you really and she like she likes her mom and her mom's been married a bunch of times. Like you get a few snippets of what Anna is like, but these are the only things that that you hear about and this book is 514 pages <laughs> long. So Well, it it is a sex book, Andrew. I mean, that's like going to a Michael Bay movie and expecting subtle, subtle dialogue. Yeah. And good cinematography. But I just think that any kind of book, and this is what sucks about, I think, about a lot of erotic fiction. Okay. Is that it's erotic first and it's fiction second. Like, you, there's just, you don't. Well, that's the order the words go in, Andrew. (laughs) Come on. I guess it's not fictional eroticism. <laughs> or Wait. It's still pretty. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. No. No, I, I guess, like, I did want to know what happens. Can I Can I admit that? I wanted to know. I Knowing, guess I want to know what Christian Steele is. I, yeah. There's that one chapter that just ends where he's like, my mother, my mother did crack. And then... <laughs> Do you remember that? And then my mom did. My mom was a crack whore. Go to sleep, basically. Because <laughs> the whole time, so part of the contract is that she's not allowed to touch him, and they never sign the contract in the book, but they kind of explore different they use aspects it as a of it. Guide. Well, and she calls them out. Actions anyway, because yeah. those types of contracts aren't legally enforceable anyway, and that's the point. It's actually just to establish rules and and establish trust like you signed this thing i signed this thing we agree um here are the safe words etc and she's not allowed to touch him and he keeps refusing to let her do that whenever they have sex and he won't tell her why and you never find out why but at one point she's like really pushing him and she's like i'll do this thing if you tell me, I don't remember. It might be the I believe the ball it was vagina. spanking. Oh, was it spanking? I don't think it was ball vagina. I think she liked ball vagina. Okay, yeah, it was the spanking. Um, she was like, "You can spank me, and then you have to tell me why, <laughs> uh, why I can't touch you or what your deal is." And he says something about how he's adopted and how it's hard to be perfect and uh, hard to be like broken in a perfect family. And then he's like. My mother was a crack whore. Go to sleep. Yeah, and it's it's you do meet his family kind of briefly. Like he's, they have rich parents, and those parents have adopted three kids, and Christian mm. is one of them. And mm-hmm. then he also has a, I think, a younger brother and a younger sister. Yeah, his younger brother seems totally normal and uh, dates Anna's friend Kate, um, which 
happens because I think Christian sent that guy, sent his brother to a party where he knew Anna was going to be. Yeah. I actually, I would almost rather read Fifty Shades of Kate because they seem, they also seem like really into having a lot of sex, but they also seem like emotionally well adjusted. Yeah. That's true. So if we can, I mean, that's the fan fiction I would write would be like, what is Kate doing? All right. Anna's off doing all this bondage stuff. Okay. Um, I've got that copyrighted. Nobody else steal 50 Shades of Kate. 50 Shades of Kate. Don't steal it. Uh, Do you want to talk about where the novel gets its name? I think it's a good place to start about the prose and some of the annoying things that this book does. (laughs) So look up. Tell me why the why the novel is called Fifty Shades of uh, Grey. So they're Anna and Christian are talking about um, why he doesn't want to be touched, and she's trying to touch him for like the hundredth time. Like she never stops trying to touch him, and and I'll just I'll read this passage from the book. Don't he murmurs, then kisses me lightly. Why don't you like to be touched? I whisper, staring up into soft gray eyes. Because I'm Fifty Shades of Fucked Up, Anastasia. <laughs> and then after that, she starts referring to him as Fifty Shades. My in her, Fifty in Shades. Head. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she uses other, like, she says of, like, shades of certain things elsewhere in the book. I don't, yeah, I can't yeah. think of them offhand, but. Ugh. I'm fifty shades of fucked up. There's so much pain. She's just she repeats things all the time. Everything okay, I've I've done a little bit of looking because one of the things that bothered me the most about this book was repetition. <clears throat> yes. So, I mean, in addition to having scenes that kind of repeat over and over again, like she continually tries to touch him, he continually rebuffs her. They continually have sex that is often the same. Like over and over and over again. Uh-huh. And then there are words and phrases that are often repeated. Um, and I did some Kindle searching and I've located some of the ones that bug me the most. Okay. And here they are in, in from, from least repeated to most repeated is down there is repeated six times. Okay. That's deep. Uh... Deep down is repeated 14 times. Okay. Catherine Kavanaugh, her friend's full name, is repeated 23 times. And it's often used in italics. Um, and it's like, what, what is she doing when she's saying that? I'm, I've had a hard time articulating why I dislike that, like how she's using it. It's just these, these two people have been living together for like four years. And yet, in, in her mind all the time, Anna is always calling her her full name. Like, I think, but I think she's trying to be like, that's her persona. Like, that's so Raven of her. Like, oh, yeah. it's like, that's so Catherine Kavanaugh. Oh, Miss Catherine Kavanaugh. Mm-mm. So <laughs> ind- independent woman. Yeah, mm. it's, it's, they're, they, tr- Ugh, this book, it tries to take like character ticks and expand them to be like that whole character. And so, Catherine Kavanaugh always likes to ask questions about Anna until she has the full story. She's such and a Anna journalist. It, She's such Anna. a journalist. <laughs> Anna calls it the Catherine Kavanaugh Inquisition. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, keep going. Keep going with your list. Um, and then my the last one, the one that bugged me the most is so Anna. You spend a lot of time in her head. In fact, you the whole book is from her perspective, and you're in her head the entire time. And she's kind of got what I guess would be the the this book's equivalent of like a cartoon angel and cartoon devil on her shoulder. Uh huh. And the, and they are always like doing things and like fighting. Uh-huh. And her there one is her subconscious who is always telling her not to do stuff. And she's the Anna she's actually, the super ego. She yep. actually starts calling her a harpy. Uh-huh. Her her subconscious is a harpy. <laughs> and then the other one who loves getting laid is her inner goddess. Ooh, her inner goddess is jumping up and down. And the words inner goddess appear in this book fifty seven times. Oh, <laughs> You're always, always, always hearing about this inner goddess, and Her, it's my, so stupid. My inner goddess is doing a cheer routine. My inner goddess is hiding behind the couch under a blanket. My inner goddess is salivating and rolling on the floor. <laughs> I don't think that. I don't know that that one's actually in the book. But it's like it's, uh, it sounds enough like something her inner goddess would do. If you like, were an alien you and you picked up this book, you would think that like women had tiny women living inside of them <laughs> that were either obsessed, sex-starved women, <laughs> either obsessed with or terrified of sex. And I don't know, I don't, I don't think that's true. And I'm not, I don't. I mean, I'm not a woman. I'm so not a maybe woman. We need to have some women. We That's a special okay. guest or something. So I know that you didn't like like all the like the belly deep down talk. Like I don't know what that feels like. I don't. Oh yeah, being no. a dude, like being a dude. Okay, so when a dude is sexually aroused, just penis stuff happens, and you feel it in your penis. You do. There's a there's a pressure, and then yeah. things burst. <laughs> well, right. Eventually, yeah. If you're, do, if you're doing it right, if you're doing it right. <laughs> yeah. But we are so uncomfortable talking about sex. Listen to us. We are the nerdiest idiots. <laughs> we can't even talk about this without doing like Bela Lugosi voice. <laughs> Penises. Blah, the blood balls. goes down my shaft. <laughs> it's so hard. God, we're so we're just titillating our audience right now. I know. Well, a bunch of the there was an Amazon review uh, that I found that did some of the same uh, counting of phrases that I really liked. Um, apparently, characters roll their eyes forty-one times in the book. Okay, Anna, I can believe that. Anna bites her lip, and that apparently drives Christian wild. Oh, man, she does that all the time, but she never knows she's doing it. And the passage, it always, it, it always comes up oh fuck. she never she never says that she's biting her lip it always is just christian saying to her you're biting your lip you know what that does to me and his eyes darken a lot that yeah all the he time. smolders can you get a good oh, yeah. description of his um of his s&m face <laughs> no Maybe maybe we can find one later. I'm trying to find stuff about his eyes darkening here. Okay. Anyway, keep going with your Amazon. Um, he his lips quirk up sixteen times. Mm-hmm. Whatever the fuck that means. He cocks his head to one side like seventeen times. Um, and characters raise their eyebrows fifty times. 
50 eyebrow raises of gray. Yeah, either his eyes, his voice, his expression, like they all darken a total of 13 times. Oh. What was the word you wanted me to look up? Um, I just wanted you to get a smoldering or something. I don't know how often that happens, but I know that he gets this face when they walk <laughs> when they walk into the red plate, the red room of submission, the red room of pain, the red room of pain, the bondage room is. That called. sounds like something from wrestling. Like step into the <laughs> red room of pain, WrestleMania twenty seven X SummerSlam, Subdom Slam. What are you going to do when I put these 20-inch pythons around your neck, brother? You're going to say, yes, sir. What are you going to do when I put this 20-inch python inside your sex? <laughs> <laughs> it's just he has burning gray eyes and an intense smoldering stare. Okay. That's what he has. Oh, man. I don't... So You, you said you wanted to read... I don't know. You said you wanted to read more Amazon reviews because... Obviously, like we're having trouble articulating just just the number of ways that we didn't care for this this book. I don't the the okay, here's one from someone who didn't like the book and it says uh this then come the sex scenes. The first one is tolerable, but as she goes on they become so unbelievable that it becomes more laughable than erotic. Almost on every single pi- oh no. Uh, she orgasms at the drop of a hat. He says her name and she orgasms. He touches her and she orgasms. There's climaxing on every page. And it is true, like, she does just kind of look at him. And there's the whole thing about his his pants hang off his hips His that hips way. in a particular way. And I couldn't even, like, visualize what that, is. what that meant. I don't know what that is. Why do you always play such melancholy music at the piano? <laughs> oh, God. There's another. There's another one. He's playing sad music at the piano, and that's how you know he's troubled. (laughs) Another thing. Let's just talk about um, how she handles like pop culture references. Okay. Like it's so. I don't know why they all ring so hollow. Like they're in the they're in the car, and he's like listening to some aria on his iPod, and he's like, "Do you want to listen to something else? How about Kings of Leon?" She's like, okay. There's another point where he's listening to another like sad opera in his car, and he's like, you can put something on. And she's like, oh, what's this? Toxic by Britney Spears. The beats like wash over us or something. And then he's like, I didn't put that on there. One of my other 16 did. And she's like, huh? how could that happen? And she freaks out. I, I mean, I think behind this, I can kind of see E.L. James going she would probably be using like yahoo she wouldn't use google but she would just type in billboard top 100 2005 and would just pick a song off of it and that would be that would be her frame of reference for popular music well it's they apparently did you know this they released a cd that is classical music that el james like curated for people to listen to what is it called it better be called something great and if not we have to come up with a better name um I'm thinking like 50 tunes of gray. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> um 50 shades of gray the classical album. Oh, okay, that's boring. It went to number 4 on the Billboard classical oh, charts. God. 
Well, I mean, to be fair, I don't know how often albums climb that chart. Like, That's I don't fair. know what the competition is like. That's fair. Um, there's another part where she tries to reference Edward Munch's The Scream. Yes. Do you remember, I do remember that? that being? I remember it being awkward. I don't okay. remember exactly. Can, uh, can you search for it real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I will say that I I read this on a on a regular Kindle. I borrowed Laura's Kindle because um, she had it on her Kindle. Like, she did was, she buy it for you to read it? No, I think she she, she had it? already read it. She uh and she at one point she's like, "Did you get to the to her inner goddess yet?" She clear she knows it's uh, terrible. Um, does she? I don't yeah, know. I think so. But she uh, had to give her the old Andrew Cunningham Inquisition. <laughs> oh, stop it. Uh, this is my first time using an actual Kindle, and it, it was fine. I actually really liked reading on it, but navigating, I wish it was a touchscreen the second I start trying to move around on it. Actually, I feel like when I use a touchscreen Kindle, I want it to be one of the button ones. But Weird. That's just me. Okay. Uh, my subconscious is furious, Medusa-like in her anger, hair flying, her hands clenched around her face like in Edward Munch's The Scream. <laughs> like, how can you not make that reference more elegant? There's a or better way to natural, do that. Like, Ugh. Or, <laughs> my hands around my face like Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. <laughs> like, how do you... <laughs> You've got to be able to do this more organically, I think. Uh, I want to read another Amazon review real quick. Um, the t- it's called. It says heart wrenching is the subject of the review. Five stars. Uh, wicked intense and couldn't stop reading. In dire need to read more. It was a spectacular read for a young adult. How young? I don't know. It doesn't say. Oh no. That part worries me a lot. Ugh. I don't like that at all. Just, and it's really, again, I can't stress enough how much I I want to separate our hate for this book from our feelings about people who are, like, into this stuff. Because that's totally, like, if you are doing something with another consenting adult, then great. Yes. You know? Like, yeah. good. Can we, let's real quick give the book the benefit of the doubt. All right. Tell me, explain to me what that entails. <laughs> so if the book... I don't know if I can get there. If the if the character weren't so frustrating, the main character, weren't so frustrating to read and weren't so ridden with cliches and... Because, uh, oh my God, at one point she says, if, if, if he's 26, then I'm a monkey's uncle. Like, come on now. Ooh, she yes. actually says that. Um, if it weren't so poorly written... What would the book like be about if it and it like give give it some give it some credit? What is I mean, it I, about? I do okay. This is this is the first book in a trilogy. I can say I'm probably never going to get around to reading the other two. Okay, but if it were a more self-contained book, like you do get the impression that that this is not where it ends. Like that eventually something will happen where they end up together. Yeah, I found and I found that very frustrating. I actually like I I think that Christian being so messed up, and I think her trying to like figure it out and then help him. I think that's one compelling thread. Uh huh. Or it could be a compelling thread. Mm hmm. You just need something else, and like, and and here's the thing with with erotic fiction or with this book in particular, like. 
we are all we all have needs as human beings and mm-hmm. we all have sex stuff that we're into and that's all fine mm-hmm. but we also have other lives yes okay and the problem the biggest problem with this book the biggest barrier to like enjoying it as fiction is that these people have nothing going on other than sex and thinking yes. about sex and their relationship with sex like if if her doing her job had been more interesting or like right at the end you like christian hears about some situation at work and it pulls him away and he's obviously really stressed about it but you never ever find out what it is or why he's stressed yeah like if if it could take threads like that and expand them out a little bit more and just have the sex be a component of their story instead of the entire thing i think maybe it could be it could stand better as literature and may i mean maybe for the target audience maybe that's not what they want maybe they don't want some gripping tale like mixed in with their their wank fuel or whatever Whoa. it is that this is supposed to be <laughs> no one's ever said wank fuel <laughs> i think i think the, you know what i mean though no like, i know exactly what you mean um i i would venture to guess that there are more literary minded but still erotic books out there that we haven't read um there's something called the power of o or something like that i don't remember exactly what it's called that i think i need to look up and and maybe read as a later follow-up um but i think the theme of there is a potential story here that explores trust and the nature of relationships yes through sex and bondage and stuff i think the idea of like how much do you give to another person of yourself in in your time or in your behavior or you know all that kind of and and how that plays into uh sex like i think that's a valid valid thing you know yeah definitely and like some of the stuff where she wants like he wants stuff from her and she wants stuff from him and like they it doesn't come naturally to them but they want to try because they are attracted to each other like i think that could be interesting because i think that's a thing that happens in a lot of relationships like not everybody likes all the same stuff as the person they're with so it becomes like what compromises can we find like how can i introduce you to the stuff that i like in a way that makes you also like it like with Susanna and i this isn't sex stuff don't worry um (laughs) Like I play, I play video games and video games have been a part of my life since I was like a little kid. Like it's some of my first memories. And then she also, she's like more into the theater Mm -hmm. and musicals and stuff. And so we both, like I've tried to find games and stuff that I think she will enjoy. And I've actually found some stuff that she's liked a lot. And same for like when we go into the city to, to see shows and things like we, we, it's it's never something that I am gonna be that I'm gonna like go off on my own and start doing by myself. Yes, that's fair. But I do enjoy it and I also enjoy like letting I, I enjoy like letting her help me explore it, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, totally. And I, I think that also plays into like who you spend time with. Um, which is I think where a lot of the compromises that Laura and I end up making are like Oh, you have this circle of friends and you have that circle of friends and and while they might not always mingle so you you kind of see them separately it's that 
well, who are we for, you know, it's not quite taking turns, but it is like always being up for not putting yourself first uh, right, kind right, of right. thing. And, and acknowledging that, okay, somebody did something for you that was maybe not totally in their comfort zone. Now, what can I do for you to like, yeah. reciprocate? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think there is like, there is stuff in this book that is potentially interesting. It's just handled so poorly. Like I, kind of what you were saying earlier about her, her mother. I think that's one of the the more interesting like little pockets of the book. Yeah, is yeah. like the whole backstory of of Anna's family as like her mother's thrice divorced or something. Yeah, like her her biological father died. Mm-hmm. Um, her mom's second husband is the one who she feels the strongest like paternal bond with. Yes, and then there's a third husband who's kind of a deadbeat, and they don't talk about him much. And then her fourth husband also seems like an okay guy, but she doesn't seem you know super like Anna doesn't seem super close to him personally, but her mom seems happy. So yeah, and you kind of watch how someone can have a positive impact on someone. Uh, on someone else like later in their life or or to the surprise of people who know them um that's a that's an interesting and modern kind of familial relationship yeah 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 because there are i mean i i think that families like this are still common but it's it's way it's way more common than it used to be for people to have unusual family arrangements like that yes um and so so, yeah. yeah i mean it's it's there are just there are seeds of a more interesting book in this book. Yes. If it were maybe two thirds the length that it is and more self contained. Like it's it's totally unsatisfying as a self contained book. Like well, maybe I, as maybe as part one of a trilogy, it is better. But And I don't I actually don't know, not knowing not having read Masters of the Universe on fanfiction.geocities.whatever. Um, I, uh, I don't know where this falls. Like, I don't know if it's purely like an arbitrary endpoint because I think it was published. I don't know how it was published in terms of the individual chapters. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if she wrote this whole book and then published the next book all as fanfiction or if she uh, just had this t- sprawling... 3000 page mess of sex and then like chopped it into three pieces so that she could sell it as books. Yeah, right. Um cuz it does kind of it just like he he whipped me and I decided that that was the line and I'm crying and the book's over. Yeah, it happened really suddenly. Yeah, yeah, and not to invalidate invalidate that like her reaction it just seems really rushed for how how much time the book takes with other stuff. I mean, it just the book takes so long to even get to that point in the first place. Yeah, I know. Like, ah. Oh. Okay, we're we've been going a little long, but I think it's okay because this book is this book is. This insane. is our fiftieth episode. Yeah. This is a, it's a, it's Let's luxuriate in a it. Big deal. Um, now that we've given the book far more credit than it deserves, Andrew, do you want to talk about anything that made you super uncomfortable? I'm just. I got a few phrases here and that I don't you don't know like. If you, if you have them also, okay. But I've just got a few sexual, sex-related phrases that just made me squirm in a really. <laughs> I felt. I felt it deep down there. If you know what I mean. Okay. All right. Uh, here's here's one line from Anna. I'm a ball of sexual tense need. 
Okay. I'm a ball of sexual tense need. I, uh, what? <laughs> does that confuse you or does that make it you uncomfortable? No, just that that one just confuses me. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get into the, the worst one. Okay. Okay. Um this also is Anna. And you can probably from context guess what? Guess what she's doing. Uh, he's my very own Christian Grey flavored popsicle. Okay, that was a little that's a little bad. <laughs> that's a little bad. That's okay. when she like when they're in the tub and she's just like, I'm gonna exert power over you. Yeah, and she gives him a BJ. Okay. Um. Okay. So the and then in this sequence, they're talking about their limits. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Anna says that she does not want to do any fisting, and she's pretty sure she doesn't want to do anal sex. Does she and say I, pretty sure? I mean, I'm just paraphrasing. Oh, okay. And then Christian says, "I'll agree to the fisting, but I'd really like to claim your ass, Anastasia." <laughs> I think some of the things that he just kind of whispers into her ear are like really over the line. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, he does not claim her ass, at least in this book. Okay. Yeah, when we talked about the sex balls, there is a thing with a writing crop where basically he flicks her her vagina or her clitoris or whatever with the writing crop until she orgasms. Yeah, that seemed a little... I don't... I don't Again, know. maybe, maybe, maybe it's a thing that is totally possible physically, but it just doesn't seem within my sphere of experience. It doesn't seem like a thing that would happen. Uh huh. Um, and those are those are the the ones that I highlighted that just really got to me. Yeah, they really hit me in the gross the gross feelings. They hit you. They hit you in your ball of gross need. Yeah. Ew. My ball of sexual tense need. Ew. Yeah, I mean, was the other the only other weird like super weird thing they get they get up to is the uh, the blindfold section, right? They do the blindfold thing where he plays music in her ears. Yeah, that one's a little weird. And then he's like hitting her in time with the music or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of it is pretty. I mean, to to borrow his terminology, some of it's pretty vanilla. Like, I I think that a lot of people could get down with like being tied to a bedpost or something. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Like think... that, you don't have to be like into bondage to every once in a while be into that sort of thing. No, I, I think that's that's fair. Um, there's one I found a I found a quote that I just <laughs> kind of just tells you. The nature of their because there's the whole thing throughout the book is he just keeps buying her stuff, yes, and with his infinite money from his vampire bank account, <laughs> and she keeps protesting, and it's it's just kind of and whenever he yeah, that do- gets super repetitive over oh, time, and we haven't talked about this, but whenever he like puts his foot down, and she you, she just gets like he's so bossy, <laughs> he's such a control freak, and the best yeah. part is that she's so naive, like in the first fifth of the book when she doesn't know about the the sex stuff there's all these sections where he's like demanding things of her and she's just like oh he's such a control freak why is he so bossy <laughs> um but there's one later when he when he buys her the car and the, here here it is you're one challenging woman he kisses me forcing my lips apart with his tongue taking no prisoners 
it's all it's taking all my self control not to fuck you on the hood of this car just to show you that you're mine and if I want to buy you a fucking car I'll buy you a fucking car he cries. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that is something else. Oh my god. Yeah, like and and there's some there's another possibly compelling thread in like what if Anna were I I guess more of a feminist would be the best way to put it even though I know that word is kind of loaded for some people sometimes. Mhm. Like, it does talk a little bit about how kind of weirded out she is by this stuff, but I think one of the more interesting things about a consensual bondage relationship would be, like, if if you are a woman who, like, believes, how do I want to phrase this in a way that's not, like, inadvertently ignorant or stupid? (laughs) Like, if you're a, if you're a, strong individual woman and and you like want your boundaries respected and you want to be respected yourself and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like how do you get into this relationship that kind of inherently gives all the power to one person or well and and his his argument makes sense no it does makes sense and his argument um is that in that type of relationship the submissive actually has all of the power because if it is a if it is a uh, trusting one then the submissive is the person who could always say no you know right yeah um and kind of like at that point you're exploring what the bounds of doing what someone else tells you to do means and um yeah i think that's that's certainly an interesting thing that the book could explore better and it didn't really. and it didn't. um there are two i have two more uh inner goddess quotes for you that i just want to read okay and then and then i think that most of my stuff i've talked about yeah um he's naked except for those soft ripped jeans top button casually undone that was can we talk about that real quick whenever he goes into the red room of pain he just he always gets out his like his painting jeans, grunge jeans, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> and he and he like leaves them unbuttoned. It's so weird. Man, I wore them to I wore these to that Pearl Jam show <laughs> that time, and I now I can't finish if I'm not wearing them. Uh, geez, he looks so freaking hot. My subconscious is frantically fanning herself, and my inner goddess is swaying and writhing to some primal carnal rhythm. And then the other one. Uh, is my inner goddess is jumping up and down, clapping her hands like a five-year-old. That is weird. Yeah, I don't like that. She, she says that once or twice. Like, there are a couple of things where, like, yeah, the inner goddess is acting like a kid in a candy store, and then there's a thing where she does her hair up in pigtails so she looks younger No, thank you. And he really likes that. So that, I mean, that plus the fact that he got into this when he was 15 all adds a really weird layer to this this thing that and i don't like, even think we've talked about and and the whole stalker thing is super weird too like yeah. i do not like that at all They're, like he shows up at the party because they like talked on the phone briefly and then like her friend is trying to hook up with her while she's drunk and he just like bursts in and white knights her you know mm-hmm. and then he flies to georgia and then goes to the exact hotel where she is and like 
introduces himself to her mom and like knows her mom's name and address oh that's right he tracks her phone and stuff like it's and he just kind of says it as a matter of fact it's fucked up and he said even even when he says that even when he can't have time to do it he could get one of his employees to do it yeah even weirder oh Oh, and he has his bodyguard going by her underwear yeah is that Uh, taylor yes i want 50 shades of taylor taylor seems like a cool guy yeah, he does seem like. Except, cool why he's, does he's he have this job? I don't know. Oh God, maybe I mean the pay is probably super good. Oh, the right? pay is probably super good. Fifty shades of pay. Am I 50 right? Fifty shades of pay. <laughs> I'm wearing three shades of gray right now. Forty-seven more. You'll be there, and I'll be there. Um, I I don't got anything else. I mean, I think I'm. I mean, I think I'm spent. Yeah. Yeah. I got nothing. You got I'm nothing. Still, I'm still right now. Um, I will say, I think the only other book like this I'd read was uh, this Anne. I read these in high school. Ye, this Anne Rice series um, called the Sleeping Beauty series, which is all con- it's Fifty Shades of Fucked Up. It's a whole. It's just like Christian Grey. Yeah, it's a whole like weird S and M fantasy world. I. I don't, I read it because I was trying to get into Anne Rice and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> and it was kind of weird. But there, it kind we keep, of. We keep using weird to describe this stuff. And I, I want I, I to. That's wanting to stress that it's just weird to us. It's not like. Again, it's whatever you do that is consenting that floats your boat is totally fine. It's just it's it's again it's really alien to to us and our we don't have a frame of reference for talking about it so that's that's what we mean when we say weird <laughs> yeah so um I guess that's it if anybody out there listening has read Fifty Shades and wants to talk about their favorite passages um or tell us what we don't understand about that type of world or if you just have some kind of erotic-ish book that handles some of these issues with a little more finesse i actually would be kind of interested to read that now yeah that was a follow-up to this yes definitely um you can email those to overduepod at gmail.com uh you can brazenly put them on our facebook page uh facebook.com slash overdue pod or you can uh sex tweet them at us at twitter.com slash overdue pod um We've also got a website up at OverduePodcast.com, and on that website is um, there are links to the Twitter and Facebook pages we just talked about and to our email address. There are Amazon links to the books, so if you want to read along or if you want to read ahead or if you want to read a book that we've read in the past that you thought sounded interesting, you can click those links, you can buy the books, and uh, we get a tiny cut of that, which helps with hosting costs and things. Um, there are also links to an RSS feed and to our iTunes page that you can use to download and uh, subscribe to the show. If you do subscribe on iTunes, leave us a rating and better yet, leave us a review. Uh, just let us know how you think we're doing. We're 50 shows in now, which is a lot, and um, we really like doing the show. But this year, I think we are really going to try and be a little more proactive about like growing it and engaging with the audience a little more. So, um, so yeah, if you, if you rate and review us, that really helps us out in the rankings. It helps us be more visible and it helps people who are finding the show for the first time know what other people think of it. So that's much appreciated. What are you reading next time, Andrew? Something sexy? 
Uh, no, I'm going to back away from the sexy stuff for a little bit. I am going to read a replay by Ken Grimwood, which was uh, recommended to me by a coworker. Great. Um, and actually, he recommended it when we heard that Harold Ramis died because he did Groundhog Day. And this book, like Groundhog Day, is about somebody who lives the same section of their life over and over and over again. Oh, interesting. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, so I'm hoping it'll be interesting. All right. Well, that's that, I guess. Yeah, thanks for thanks for listening everybody and try to be sexy. <laughs>